You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Always Aggravated, a Mike Valenti signature podcast. And welcome in. All right, it is another edition of Always Aggravated. It's a big one. Sully with me, Roberto with me, time of taping. I don't know, you want to call it 1 p.m. Tuesday. Hatchet's having some plane trouble from wherever the fuck he is. Uh, (laughs) Well, no, he never tells us where he goes, but hopefully he had a nice vacation. We've got some announcements uh, as we start this pod. Very exciting stuff. First of all. Fantasy football preview. I know a lot of you are going to be drafting this weekend. Like, my draft is not until Tuesday night. If you haven't listened to our fantasy preview, do it. I guarantee it'll make you better draft night. I don't bullshit around. It's not like a lot of these fantasy pods where they hem and haw and just (laughs) talk about average draft position. ADP, yeah. Yeah, go check it out. Take a listen to it. That's available. Response has been unbelievable. Also, if you haven't subscribed to our new podcast, Cash the ticket. If you're a football better, if you're a developing degenerate like Sully, or you just love football and you want 45 minutes to an hour of really good football conversation, college and pro, subscribe to it. It's on Radio.com. It's on Apple Pod. It's wherever you get your podcasts. It's called Cash the Ticket. The logo's green. Subscribe to it. We need you guys involved in this, all right? Because, well, let's face it. We didn't have this thing available for you to subscribe to until a couple days ago because this company is slower than a donkey in the summertime. So subscribe. Response has been really good so far. We appreciate that. But if you love football and you just want a little more football color, a little college, a little pro, we're going to approach it from betting angles, have fun, subscribe to it. It's cash the ticket. That's available to you. And the last announcement this way, I mean, we're, we're, we're loaded. Um, I went around basically everyone and kind of talked to a friend of mine and just decided this would be good for the pod. So away we go. If you are a fantasy football player, we were supposed to have a fantasy football podcast, but it's another thing this company screwed up. So to make up for that, we are going to do a fantasy segment each week right here on Always Aggravated and have a guest. If you are familiar with CBS Sports and you are familiar with fantasy football, you know the name Dave Richard. Dave is one of the best guys in the industry. Dave is one of the nicest guys in the industry. And I happen to have a connection with Dave. Big so, name. Uh, big name. Big name. Big ego. Uh, big, big personality. <laughs> no, Dave's great. But Dave Richard is going to join us every week for a fantasy football segment. And it's going to be rapid fire. He told me he's got 10 minutes a week, not 11, not 12, not 15. He even used the quote, I'm a very busy man on the phone with me. I mean, very, very not. No, I'm busting balls. But Dave Richard every week. And Sully, what I want to do, 
We'll take some mailbag questions yeah, from the people absolutely. for Dave. I will bring up a couple fantasy issues from the previous weekend, looking ahead to the following week, and Dave will join us every week of football season. So a nice, Great. nice announcement there. And if you want to listen to his podcast with his guys. Feel free. It's fabulous. They do a great job, him and Jamie Eisenberg and Adam Azer. Um, but Dave will join us every week on Always Aggravated, and you got cash the ticket. We are cranking free content. That's the whole bottom line. I'm continuing to push content to you. So just help us out. Do a solid. Even if, if your mother doesn't use her cell phone, just give us a subscription. Mom, give me your phone. <laughs> give me this pod. Give me this five stars. Help us out, Okay. Um, so there's that. I want to jump in because we got a bunch of stuff to do today. We will get to a fantasy mailbag a little later. I'm happy to do it. Mike, total number of questions you got? Oh, I don't even know how, how you'd count them all up. I would say over over a thousand, a little over a thousand. All right, I want to do 600 questions in 10 minutes. No, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no. How many? I, I want. But, but out of that, Mike, you know, and this is how it is, like with callers too. Out of that, then you have to weed down the good ones. Sure. And then you have to think, okay, what ones out of those are going to be great to present on the podcast? Sure. So, it, it, the, but total, there was a ton. And here's what I want you to do. In the midst of us talking about football season and menu items and tailgates and the fun stuff, I want you to gear your mind for speed with this fantasy mailbag. I want to help as many people as possible as they go into their draft. Yeah. Okay? So I'm going to try... Now watch, I'll end up only answering four questions. And <laughs> right. talk, talking for right. 20 Let's minutes. not be so verbose. Yeah, yeah, talking for 20 minutes about, uh, you know, carry on Johnson. All right, well, listen, one of the things of football season I think we love best is the food. I mean, who are we kidding? Now, whether you like me and you used to tailgate all the time or you just love being at home, having a party, maybe you like doing what Roberto does. You sit alone, you watch the games, you get more bleary-eyed as every drink goes down your gullet. <laughs> Um, well, you food. know me. I like the snacks. I like the air fryer. I like the. Uh... See, you are you love the pickies. Like yeah. you are a real finger food kind of guy. Oh yeah. I could see you living on mozzarella sticks and tater skins. <gasps> Is that? Yeah, so I thought so. I <laughs> so thought good. Roberto right now looks like a puppy when you scratch its belly. Uh, uh, a little little more tater skins for Roberto, mm. but. Mike, you had a list. Yeah. And are, are these tailgate items or are these just well, menu items? Like what are we what are we they're working with they're, here? They're both. So technically they're just the uh you know, the best homemade recipes for your game day experience. Whether you bring some of these to the tailgate, whether you All just right. have people over the house, whatever. And I'm moving the computer here so you can see photos as we go through this. And I'm gonna jot down a couple of my personal ones and I'll share them with you in a minute. Yeah, so this is from Tasty, which they do a ton of uh quick cooking videos and stuff. That website's great. But Start out with, uh, they did like 28 of these. Okay. And let's just highlight this one first, because they did a lot of dessert ones to, to start. Dessert? I mean, they had fluffy s'mores dip. They had apple pie bites. That's... They had mini cinnamon rolls, which might be good for a noon kickoff. Who knows? I, I got to be honest with you. See, the noon kickoff, I, I think the easiest thing to do if you're having a party at your house, you do a Bloody Mary bar. That's number one. Yep. Bloody Marys are, are secretly incredibly filling. Like, if you do two Bloody Marys and you do it like Roberto and I do, the Italian style, you're basically eating a meal. I mean, Roberto will put a, a saber sword into his Bloody oh, yeah. Mary yeah. filled with an entire leg of prosciutto yeah. and but a pound like, of super sauce. It does get you full, but because of the tomato, I need some way to, like, cut the acidity because then you start getting that— Well, uh, that's what a beer is for. Yeah. You don't do a red eye? No. No, you don't use <laughs> beer. Mm -mm. What about pickle juice? Yes. Okay. But see, that's another one that— I think Bloody Mary's your captain too, but noon game, 
Mike, to me, you can make a lot of things. I, I personally have never. I mean, I'm looking at what you're looking at there. <laughs> Dessert nachos. Jesus so, Christ. So, well, I and, mean, well, well, who well, do they think's no, coming over to the house? It's, it's, Lindsay Lohan? It's clear they started off the list with those breakfast type items for the noon game. They have coffee cake donuts with vanilla glaze. They have the dessert nachos. Coffee cake? No. They have mini cinnamon no rolls. Dessert. Mini cinnamon rolls. That's a common right. one. Apple pie bites. Let me, s'mores dip. Let me give no. you, first of all, I, I think s'mores are completely overrated. Second of all, <laughs> you want a recipe for breakfast? I'll give you a tailgate classic we used to do. And these are badass. You ever hear of a Roethlisberger? Ben no. Roethlisberger. Ben That's Roethlisberger. about it. <laughs> right. There's a, so there's a sandwich <laughs> named after Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Now, for morning tailgates, we're talking about, like, you got a noon kick against Wyoming. You take a full sub roll, not a Kaiser. I mean, you take a foot long, mm-hmm. and you open that bad boy up, and there's a mixture. You take ground beef and then ground bulk breakfast sausage, not links, not patties. you got to mix this together. Wow. Okay? You griddle all that. You cook it up nice. You get a brown on it. You put that in a bowl. Oh, it sounds great. You layer in that bun two pieces of Swiss and two pieces of cheddar, right? The length, alternating. It looks like Tennessee's ends up. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to go <laughs> ahead, you're going to top it with as much ground beef sausage mixture as you can in there. You're going to top that with three fried eggs. You're going to top that with sport peppers, <laughs> oh. Chicago style. <laughs> oh, and then you're going to hit it. With a layer of a nice mayo on top. Oh, it sounds incredible. That's a Roethlisberger. Wow, I'm getting hungry That's now. breakfast at a tailgate. Now, you make up a dozen of those, foil them, and you just keep those warm. The minute you get the tailgate and you set up and the music is on and now it's it's 7, it's 7.30 Perfection. in the morning and you're there, you rip a shot and you open your Roethlisberger. Oh, that sounds perfect. So you can promptly take your coffee cake. Roll it up nice and tight <laughs> and pound it up your ass. Oh, the, these apple pie bites look good, though. Apple pie bites. No, but, you um, ma- but the, the, the main thing about that thing that you mentioned is that it's it's clean. You know, you're not, oh. it's not, it's not sloppy. It's Beautiful. not all over the place. Beautiful. You're done with it. You roll up that foil, you throw it right in the That's garbage. That's it. And then you have the Lysol wipes. Pull one out. Right. Boom. That's you're ready to party. It sounds great. Well, let's get into some of the non breakfast items as they go down the list yeah, here. Yeah, please. And you mentioned this one that Roberto might like. How about Philly cheesesteak potato skins? Here's a photo right here. Let me hear this, because Philly cheesesteaks are just a dirty pleasure. If you don't feel like making them from scratch, start with frozen potato skins. After all, the highlight is the cheesesteak filling made with steak, bell pepper, onion, and provolone cheese. Disagree on the provolone. And if you ever call it provolone, you're off the podcast. That's what I always say at provolone. Subway, provolone cheese. It's provolone. They said provolone, <laughs> provolone instead of American. Provolone? Provolone is where BYU plays. Pro- yeah. It's provolone. I never knew that. I learned something new. Yeah, it's like when you call my hometown Albany. It's Albany. Yeah, Albany's got a, I believe Albany's playing uh, Central Michigan this week, right? Uh, the Great Danes. Um, here's what I would tell you. It doesn't matter what tater skin you use. You must use a deep fryer. If you heat them up in the oven, you're serving people mashed potato cups. If you use a deep fryer... Which, again, used to be a staple of our tailgate. We had, we had appliances at tailgate. You got to deep fry the shells. That's how you get them that golden brown and crisp them up. Now it's a bowl of French fry. Mm-hmm. If you don't use the deep fryer, don't do potato skins. That's just my advice. What you fill them with is up to you. You can't go wrong. Potato skins are lovely. I've, it's, it's an amazing little right. deal. I didn't know you could get, like, plain frozen yeah. scooped out oh, yeah. ones. Oh, and I then you deep that. fry them. 
Oh, yeah. No, you can't do them in the oven. It's the same thing when you buy frozen fries at the store. You can't do those in the oven. It's oh, just like mashed potatoes. I know. It's we gross. do sometimes just out of necessity. But I mean, the tater skin <laughs> is awful. I, all right. I'll give, you, I'll give you another tailgate classic for us. And, and, I mean, it's... Listen, I'm not telling you this is highbrow in any means. And I would, <laughs> I would recommend... It's not if, supposed to be. If you're doing this, you need a cast iron skillet. Now, we used to bring burners to tailgate. Like, we'd have multiple stovetops. You got to take tater tots. Mm. Now, I'm a tater tot guy. Other people don't like tater tots. But you take tater tots and you do them in hot oil, almost pan frying them. And you and you do it as like a brick. So you put it in that cast iron and you leave it. Oh. You don't turn them. And if you do it right, you'll be able to, with a spatula, flip the whole thing. Flip the whole damn thing or flip it in two spatulas, right? Brown. Now, once that's done... This is the secret. I mean, this is dirty. This is, dirty. This is <laughs> Lunch Pail Special, but it's morning. You're kicking off against Central at noon. You flip that over, and you hit it with a little bit of the Velveeta, mm. and you hit it with a little bit of the uh, the chili or the Rotel. Uh, you ever Rotel. use Rotel? All the okay. time. You flip that over, and now you've got these loaded tots. That's when you slap a few fried eggs right on the top of it. Oh, yeah. It's almost like tailgate. Man, you guys did it right. Tailgate huevos rancheros. That's another classic from our tailgate. You want to get away, relax, simply have a good time, get to the D, Las Vegas. Everything you need, the D, completely renovated. You can enjoy all the comforts of a high-end Vegas hotel without spending a ton of money. All the gaming, all the nightlife, all the food, the fun, it's Vegas. And the best part, they got Circa Sports open now at their sister casino, Golden Gate, just in time for football season. Oh, oh what Circa Sports? Download the mobile app. They're accepting entries into the Circus Sports Million Pro Football Contest. $1.5 million guarantee. No rake. 100% payback. It's all there. It's sports betting the way it used to be. You can learn more about Circus Sports at CircusSports.com. You can learn more about the D at the D.com. What else do you need? It's Vegas. It's football. I, my God, get involved. It's the D.com. It's the D Las Vegas. It's your home for sports in Vegas. When we were tailgating for years, we were we were enduring bad football. Yeah. You know, the D'Antonio years, it's been a different thing. Sure. Yeah, sure. sure. 2012 sucked or, hey, 2016 didn't go our way. But, like, if you go back to 2001 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 and 6, uh, even 7 when D'Antonio got there, it wasn't like the team was great. Mike, it, the tailgate is it's, – it's the party. And we used to do – I think the biggest thing you can do for your football party, whether it's at home – or whether it's at tailgate, you got to have themes. I think it's always fun when you theme them out. Yeah. Because then it's like, like Roberto, we used to do the Dino and Vino tailgate. <laughs> so it was Italian food. And then like, okay, that's smart though. Cause so, so, well, let me say this for you get into the Italian food. Cause I want to hear sure. this. The, the best thing for me about what you're mentioning here, you're mentioning tater tots we have potatoes you have some velveta you have some egg whatever i haven't once heard anything that is not how, how can i say this without being disgusting what these are very like bulk things they sit in the stomach nice you're not well, going to have a problem you're coating right hmm. what would well what well like, I think, like, if you bring buffalo chicken dip to a tailgate, you are tempting fate. <laughs> like, the, like this next one, cheesy buffalo chicken sliders. I have to be honest oh, no, with you. You're good. probably going to shit your pants. <laughs> I, I think that that's... <laughs> minus, I like that at home. That's minus great. 200 odds, you're going to need to poop at a stadium. <laughs> and you know my opinion on that. No. I, I would rather no. leave the game yeah. than poop at a stadium. 
No red hot of any kind. That's Very no, frightening. No, yeah. no. Did you? Uh, you mentioned the how you guys would do it for the early tailgates. Did you love or hate those? Noon kicks where you had to get there early. I mean, in my in my twenties, it didn't matter as much. I was amped to get up at five a.m. <laughs> the truck was packed. Mm-hmm. Be on the road by six. Be to the spot by seven. Set up and go. It was different though. As you get older, you hate the noon kickoffs. So three thirty be the three thirties are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the night games are tough, man. Night games are hard because you're going to leave your house still in the morning if you live in Metro Detroit. Um, you know, which for out-of-towners, call it an hour and 15-minute drive up to East Lansing, unless you're Jessica Tandy, you know. Um, Mike, you're up there all day. Games take three and a half hours, night games, especially with the extra commercials. You're not getting home till 2 in the morning. Right. I mean, the 3.30 is the, the, the best one. I think that's what that's what wore me out after all those years was you got the school changing the policies and making it worse, but it really was the time commitment. Because my week for tailgating would start on Wednesday night with grocery shopping and then Thursday and Friday night for food prep. Mm-hmm. Friday night, certainly packing the truck. And then Saturday. And an early start. Saturday, you're gone all day. And then there's a quick turnaround. When I started working on Sundays on a consistent basis, you're like, something's got to give. Yeah. And it also, like, look, I mean, MSU, I know we're getting off script here because there is no script. But, I mean, MSU had won the Big Ten multiply, made the Rose Bowl, made the playoff. I kind of felt like... The fun of tailgate was the chase of it all, and then getting there with the people I cared about, the people I loved. Once you do it, you're kind of left with an emptiness where you're like, "All right, well, what now? I've had all the fun I can have." Yeah, you were, and you were going to every game those years yeah. when they made the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, when they made the playoff, hundred percent. Which is you almost can't beat it. No, unless you win a national title, obviously. Yeah, but it's, once once you do it, though, then you're left with, well, what now? Like, what if we lose a game? Well, then what's the point? You know that that's the look. That's the playoff era. That's the deal with the devil. And I don't know. For me, I just wore me out because now I can do all the things I used to do, but do it at home. You know, we're talking about these things. I mean, Mike, some of the tailgate recipes you're talking about, they're great, but it does require effort. Mm-hmm. It does require putting it all together. I know you're and for a lot of people. Sully's like Lady Godiva. He shows up on a horse. <laughs> I'll show up with a bottle. Oh, yeah. He just shows up with a fork and knife and like, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll bring right. I'll bring a fifth of a uh, Right. <laughs> hip hip. Now, this next one I think is going to spawn some other conversation with uh with deli in general. They said the best part of this recipe is that most of the ingredients can be found right at the deli counter. It's Italian pinwheels. No, 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 like that. No. They said it's perfect for people just to grab and go. Hungry no, crowd. because the pinwheel is the lazy man stromboli. If you're gonna do it, make a stromboli. I see it. That's not a stromboli, Mike. That's <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that lavash. I feel like they always get so them. soggy. Too, they do. It's gross. If you're gonna do shit. it, you can make strombolis the morning of. You put them in foil. You put them in an insulated cooler even a styrofoam cooler, and you bring them up, and you slice them up. And then you've got basically adult pizza rolls. Don't put shit on lavash. (laughs) Put it in a cooler. It gets soggy. It gets gross. The cheese gets mushy. Just, I got to be honest, you're basically giving me the laziest options possible. These are disgraceful. Well, we're not even into the top ten No, 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 let me ask you this. You make these stromboli bites or whatever. Now, how are you saying, how do you keep that hot when you get there? Take the stromboli. Bake it in your oven, immediately go into foil, immediately go into a cooler, immediately put a towel over it. It's it's like keeping a brisket warm. Like you're delivering a pizza. When you're doing the Texas crutch. Right. Yeah. So 
you take that and you keep it as is and don't open that cooler, they are warm, should still not stay, hot. Right. They are warm by the time you get to tailgate. Right. And once you open them up and cut them up, they're going to go like wildfire because people don't even realize how good it tastes when you make it yourself. I think I think that's an mm. awful thing. You see, Sully, this is what Sully's tailgate would be. <laughs> like the most, the oh most, no, I, I don't, I don't. The most stuff. lazy suburban white guy. My wife can't cook tailgate on the planet. I'll just like, go this buy is, this. Is my nightmare. <laughs> All this stuff looks good, man. My version of hell is attending Sully's tailgate. <laughs> oh, I don't tailgate. I just show up. Go ahead. What else? Uh, I got some basic ones here. Let's see, some nachos, some meatball subs, some chip pigs in a blanket. We so, also have buffalo cauliflower bites. No, too, 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 that, that's like restaurant stuff. You, you know what though? When and you bring ca- up cauliflower and red hot. When you bring up the bites, Mm-mm. see, I think it's underrated, too. You don't have to buy this item. It's always better to make it. Always. And they come out amazing. You can't screw them up. Jalapeno poppers. Make jalapeno poppers. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, like, Roberto, you're a finger food guy. You love pickies. Yeah. I know that jalapeno scares people off, but when you take mm-hmm. the seeds out, they're not that hot. No. And you don't have to put bacon on them for people who don't dine on swine. I know David does not enjoy bacon. But I'll say I've never made them by scratch. So what do you do? You get the sour cream. You get the yeah, jalapeno. Cream cheese. It's cream you cheese. You roll up your little ball there and then what? Yeah. You put it in the panko or something? No, you don't even have to bread them. You just make oh, them, stuff them, and bake them. Oh. Oh, and if you don't want to bake them, you can grill them. And if you don't want to grill them, you absolutely could batter them and fry them. Your prerogative. Listen, you mm. can go on Amazon right now and get a fry daddy for 30 bucks. If that's your if that's your game, I've I personally stayed away from that. I don't enjoy frying anything <laughs> at home. I, I don't. That's not my bag. If if it's if it's up to me, I think you can grill them and they're fabulous. You can smoke them too. Wow. You can smoke jalapeno poppers at a low temperature with the bacon on it. Beautiful. Mm. They really come out great. But like I'm making jalapeno poppers for M- for MSU's home opener. We're doing a full burrito bar or taco bar. Of course, I'll buy some small shells for people. But we're doing a full bar, and then we're doing the poppers, and then I'm going to have a selection of three different margaritas, mm. and we're going to watch MSU Tulsa, and then we're going to watch Nevada Purdue, and then I'll prepare for Saturday. What which about will some be a ceviche? Day. What? <laughs> what? What is my you name? Like what is my name? Ferdinand, and I own a bistro? <laughs> I don't know. I, I see a lot ceviche. of people like that. I love this guy. All he wants is tater skins and mozzarella sticks. He hits me yeah. with the ceviche. Yeah. And maybe some caviar. And you call me the basic white guy. Roberto just wants mozzarella sticks. I would love oh, something love like that. this right here. Three-ingredient ranch chicken wings. Sounds great. I'm going to sound like a snob. So that, that's where you take goes. the ranch powder, right? I will tell you this right now. Chicken wings are one thing I refuse to make at home. Okay. Because they're never as good as when yeah. you go out and get them. And yeah, I don't want to start it, mentioning there places. Aren't, but. There aren't many foods like that. So, like... Chicken wings would be one. Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't attempt to make like Chinese food at home. I don't think. Um, yeah, but it doesn't apply to like I think like Mexican food. A lot of people do at home because you can do tacos. That's one and, tailgate I always wanted to do, and I always got vetoed. I wanted to do a Chinese food tailgate. <laughs> that would be impossible. <laughs> It'd be like amazing. You're just there, just banging lo mein and egg rolls and rangoons and dumplings. Oh, it sounds great. But I guess you could deep fry. You deep fry like some chicken. Yeah, they, they like make I sweet always, and sour chicken. I always or, told the guys like they sell wonton wrappers cool. at the grocery store for a reason. Yeah, you can make crab rangoons are easy to make at home. Yeah, not for Sully. He'd just go buy them. But like crab mm. rangoons are easy. Love crab rangoons. Nah, but like like having this like ten pound thing of General Sow's chicken, like the <sighs> absurdity of the whole thing. 
but it always got vetoed. It that's was, a great it was never fo- accepted. But that's a great football. I think Chinese food once in a while, not every Sunday, but is is great for watching football. Well, sure, because you can graze. Yeah, mm-hmm. you graze, and then an hour later you're hungry. Dangerous. And then Philip Rivers throws a touchdown. And yeah, you have this <laughs> need to to bang out a Rangoon. And oh yeah, it's, it's a it's, great switch up from just yeah pizza or wings. The or problem whatever. is Metro Detroit Chinese food is so inferior to New York. It's not even funny. That that's really your issue. The Chinese food out here is deplorable. I'd have to be proved. That'd have to be proven to me. Really? Yeah. See, I oh, heard really? Detroit was always top right, three. That's New what York, I always thought or it was too. like New York, San All Francisco, right. Detroit. I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude to you. <laughs> the Chinese food in Metro Detroit, I wouldn't oh, feed them. Come by on. and large. Oh come on! Hold on. Your mind. By and large, outside <laughs> of a few exceptions, by and large. I wouldn't feed it to my worst enemy. Oh, oh come, come on. on. No, that's ridiculous. I'm telling you, I think the Chinese food out here is terrible. Nobody cares. Move on to the next suggestion. <laughs> yeah, so th- uh, this next one, we talked about this for the I'm going to go down the wormhole debating the Chinese merits food. of who has the best orange beef. <laughs> Seven-layer taco dip. We, that, we, we heard classic. that for the Super Bowl, for game day, whatever. That's a classic, but the issue with the taco dip is when it's too cold. It, 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 now you don't have chips that can withstand the <laughs> torque you're putting on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. It's that must be served at room temperature. Oh, snap, 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 snap. snap, snap. <laughs> and next thing you know, Bob's at the bowl with a spoon. It's a disaster. How about this one here? Ham and cheese sliders? No. 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 Hawaiian rolls, sliced ham, Swiss cheese, some spreads. Now to me, uh, that is uh, like the most white man thing. This is rank this is rank number two. When you say ham and cheese to me, <laughs> No, I'm the, out in any the, capacity. The biggest I can't, my wife can't cook or I can't cook suburban guy tailgate <laughs> is anything with King's Hawaiian rolls <laughs> and then a pulled pork that, that comes out of a can. Uh, like that is the uh, ultimate uh, white uh, suburban uh, dude from Illinois tailgate food. Like why right wouldn't there. you just get a rotisserie chicken or oh, something? God. I don't understand. So bad. Got a lot of loaded nachos on here too. No, it's, I, I disagree but, with it. Nachos are home only. You cannot do nachos at a tailgate because you have no way of controlling the heat. Now, you can try to make them, but then you're in this business of what? Are you all huddling around a card table and eating off this shield of nachos you've built? Yeah, and you can't do a bar either, right? Are you doing two-order nachos? Because the cheese starts to get all, like, hardened. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll be honest. I think nachos at home, much easier. I I would veto that as a tailgate item. Number one. Spinach artichoke skillet with homemade tortilla chips. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. A lot of spinach dip. Yep. Uh, I'll give you, if you want to do Mexican food when you're there, you got two ways to go. The tailgate items, I think fajitas are always a big hit. Yeah. You can you can marinate them, take them out of the pan, grill them fresh with the onions and the peppers, and you just put out the tortillas, the cheese, the sour cream, and the lettuce, selection of hot sauces, just done. Or Easy, like quesadilla, right? right? Would be like in your yeah. skillet. Yeah, we that used you would to we used to do that. Yeah, we had a flat top, which is probably enough to fit three tortillas yeah, three this way. So I would like to order. You know, who wants a chicken quesadilla? Who wants the shredded beef? Whatever. Yeah. Who wants the barbacoa? Yeah, you can do that. But the other one is enchiladas. Enchiladas you can make the night before, and you can heat them up. Like you can make the enchiladas on Thursday night. Foil them, put them in your your fridge or your garage fridge, right? And then you just bake them off in the morning, and it's the same principle as what I said regarding the stromboli. It's like a brisket when you're using the Texas crutch. Put a towel over them, put them in a nice cooler, keep it shut. Those enchiladas are hot and, and ready to roll, man. What, what about like a panini press? Do like a Cuban sandwich. You ever see that anywhere? Sure. All you need is you need a generator. And we, mm. we had one for several years. That's sweet. And we would put it far enough away from tailgate that you could drown it out with the music. It worked. You know, we even messed around with um, pulling the power from our vehicles with one of these converter units. Mm-hmm. 
and you would plug, you know, people use a blender, people yeah, use a TV. Right. I mean, right. you become it, it listen, the other issue is you got to have people who want to do it. You can't do it by yourself. It's too hard. And as my group got older cuz I tailgated with some older dudes who were rock stars, guys retired, guys sadly had some medical problems, guys you know, life changes. And when you lose those people, you lose the bedrock of what makes a tailgate special. It's a full operation. And, no, just... and, and let's face it, nobody your age cares to do a goddamn bit of work. You just want to <laughs> prance around in your underwear and a white claw. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a total a, it, What is possibly wrong with that? Everything. You don't understand <laughs> what goes into it. No, but someone's got to put on the tailgates for you to go to. Right. Well, now, the tailgates I go to, but people my age, of course they're not. I mean, it's there's nothing like this. Hey, hey bro, want a claw? There's there's, there's drinks and there's, you know, your basic uh, finger food stuff. What a yeah. disgrace. Now, let me ask you, because you Still did... a freaking blast. We never got to the Dino, Vino, whatever the hell you were talking about. What do about you want to know? I want to know what hot food is served in All that All right. So what scenario. I would do is I would make in the biggest... I have a pot, and I forget where I got it, but it's more appropriate if you were cooking for a naval battleship. Like, like I have a pot... Right. Like a, so right. I would make a massive... <laughs> pot of sauce, but it wouldn't just be sauce. Hey, it'd make be, your it, own. No, but it'd be Sunday gravy. Yeah. So the difference between a quick sauce and a Sunday gravy is... So Saturday, you'd cook it all day Saturday. Yeah, no, Friday. Okay, Friday, Friday night. Friday night. I'm sorry. So I'd turn on whatever shitty, you know, Mac game they had on a Friday night. Right. I would cook. But it's the presence of meat. So you would start, you would put in the pork shoulder, and you would put in the sausage. And then while that's all cooking, then I would begin making my meatballs while the sauce is cooking. So now you're pan frying them, Right? You roll them in the breadcrumb and pan fry them, but you don't cook them all the way. And mm -hmm. as every pan got done, I would take those meatballs and bloop, bloop, right in the sauce. Right. So I'd make about 50, 60 meatballs. 50 or 60? Yeah. And <laughs> it would take you all night. Man. Exactly. Damn. It would go all in. Like when I make it in my house, if I, if I make like 20, 20 of them, I'm, I'm exhausted. No. <laughs> so I, but now, now I've got this pot of sauce that the meatballs are finishing in. Sure. The sausage has imparted its mm. flavor. The pork shoulder mm. has has imparted its flavor. It's all there for you, right? Mm. So then you turn that thing on the lowest setting, and you got to trust your oven. And I know some people are going to go, you can't leave your oven on when you go to bed. <laughs> but I'm talking about you just leave it on the trickle setting, the warm Low. setting. Right. The war right. And you're going to bed at 1 in the morning and waking up at 5. I mean, what risk are we at? But that sauce would go all night, put the lid on it, you cover it with foil, you take that pot, you got to have a secure spot in your truck, and you put it there. Now, remember, we got burners at tailgate. You reheat that. Now, now you got the option of serving meatball subs, because what do we do on top of that? We top it with fresh mozz. Yeah, I didn't even think about or, that. Or, as uh, King Whitey over here says, <laughs> provolone. Wait, am I just a punching bag in this podcast? My God, I'm sitting, here, much. I'm sitting here presenting uh, food items and I'm getting ripped on for my age the entire time. Present, Jesus Christ. Because, young people, you don't want to put, you don't want to <laughs> put the I'm work white, in. I guess. Right. I don't know. No, my point is, uh, back back to relevant. <laughs> See, topics. I didn't even think about meatball sauce. But then. I, I go to like Mastacholi or something, but that would be no, really messy, no. right? Again, that's a sully tailgate. Yeah, nobody wants. Hey, guys, I, w I went to the food service store and got a five-pound box of Mastacholi. <laughs> I don't really eat much during tailgate, just drink. But what you do with the meatball subs then is you either have a toaster oven or you just take a blowtorch. <laughs> toaster oven? Yeah, because you got to toast the meatball sub. You got to toast the buns and you got to melt the cheese. That's why you should have a press. Nah, that's nah. Because a panini's not a sub. You right. ask the question. You can't smash the That meatball. would be the primary. And then what you do is see, this is the other thing I would tell people a turkey fryer is your best friend at tailgate. You can take a turkey fryer. 
and convert it into a Cajun boil. A deep fryer. No, no, no. So instead of filling this gigantic pot on this gigantic burner with peanut oil, you fill it with water, seasoning, and then you create a Cajun boil. So now you're throwing in the andouille sausage. Seafood, you're throwing right. in the oh. lemons. You're throwing in potato. Oh, you're I throwing in crawfish. You're oh, throwing in that. shrimp, That's lobster. Expensive. Well, it can be, but if you break it up where you go, hey, everybody this weekend, it's 20 bucks a head. Yeah. Period. So you can do that. You can also turn a turkey fryer into the world's best pasta cooker. Do you, you can get that water yeah, like rolling. On a large scale. Right? right. So that's the other thing we would do is you would have a set amount of pasta. So let's say ziti works best. You don't want any linguine or fettuccine or stuff no, like that. Massive. You cook, let's say, two, three pounds of ziti. <laughs> you lay it in a pan. You mm. scoop out some of your Sunday gravy. Couple scoops of regat, uh, or as Sully would say it, ricotta, <laughs> and, ricotta and, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and some Parmesan, and you toss that around, boom, now you got baked ziti. Right. So out of this Sunday gravy, I'd be serving baked ziti, I'd be serving meatball subs, and then you would have that sauce and meatballs that people would just want them on their plate. So that would be the Dino and Vino. Then you go out and you buy a shitload of two-buck chuck, the cheapest wine you could, because what you're doing now is you're making little uh, Guido wine coolers. So you're taking 7-Up or Sunkist. Mm. This is what we drink. Well, I don't even know if I should say this on the air. But like when we were six, <laughs> seven years old at Thanksgiving and Christmas, you would be given a wine cooler. Wow. Watch. My family's going to end up in jail. But you'd be given a wine cooler. You think that would be more Maya? But it was a little scenario. bit of wine and then orange soda or 7-Up. So now you're at tailgate and you're making 32-ounce boat drinks of this kitty wine cooler. Okay, so that's kind of the Dino and Vino tailgate, the primary. Obviously, Caprese salad, a big Caesar. Capri salad, you said, right? Caprese. Ah. Caprese. <laughs> Capri salad. No joke, I want to circle back to that provolone thing. I've never heard provolone pronounced a different it's way. Provolone. It's provolone. Right. I said provolone, right? I've never heard it. I, it's I never geographic, knew it was pronounced a different so, way. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think I fall into that sometimes where I, I might not say So you're it saying provolone. if I say provolone cheese, that's wrong? Provolone. Provolone? Not provolone. Provolone. You're saying provolone. Right. I mean, Provo I say. Provo is where BYU plays. <laughs> I say capicola. I mean, I don't know. What no, do that's mean? cabagool. <laughs> I know, but I don't want to, you know what I mean? You don't want to what? Embrace your heritage? I guess. You deadbeat <laughs> son of a... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, the Cajun boil is underrated. I, yeah, I'll no, I agree with that. I've had that many times, and it's never come out bad. No, because the best it's part... The, the little red skin potatoes. And you know the cool part the now. Sausage, with, the lemons. With the, the advent oh, of the internet, I not am. to sound old, but like Amazon or... Like, there are places down south in New Orleans, you just buy two bags of the seasoning and you ship it up. You drop the seasoning in. You let it get to a roll, and now you can do almost two-order stuff. Like, it's just, it's 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 a lot of fun, mm. but people got to play ball with you, because it is. It's going to get expensive. Yeah. Oh, well, I need 10 pounds of shrimp. Yeah, well, I need 20 bucks a head. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, we would do it where uh, it would just be like that uh, on the... Uh, table there like in the backyard we would lay out just a bunch of newspaper and oh, yeah. then you would you know yep. empty out your water and then you would dump all yep. the contents onto that paper yep. mm. like, and then now uh, you'd have big bowls of butter that you yeah. <laughs> like, put everything in it's crazy. no i mean it's um oh hell we used to i'll give you another popular one a really good tailgate idea for people do a polish tailgate man like I've been, I've been to one of your tailgates before where you had that yeah the, now again we're lucky that Metro Detroit has some of the best Polish food in America, and you have some of these Polish markets down in Hamtramck. 
Uh, I mean, Shrodex is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You go down there, and I would go down and walk out with probably 10 pounds of their kielbasa, and then they had these stadium links they make where it's like ghost pepper in them, and people love them. But then you go down, and they've got all the pre-made pierogi that aren't frozen. They're fresh, and mm -hmm. they make them right in back. Mike, I'd That's walk so out of there with a couple hundred of them. That's sweet. And they do potato cheese. They do the capusta. How they, do you cook those? Oh, skillet. Three cast iron skillets. Lots of butter, lots of onions, lots of sour cream, and we'd make them to order. Hey, who wants what? Mm. You start frying them up, and then we had buffet shafers with the pans. So then when the pierogi would come out, you label it potato and right. start rifling that pan full. And then, all right, here's the capusta. Here's uh, Dude, they had dessert ones there. Now, now you want to talk amazing? They made oh, apple yeah. pie oh, my pierogi. God. Like a, now we're talking, man. Jesus. Unbelievable. Like an apple turnover. It reminds me of. If I miss one thing, it would be the annual Polish tailgate. It would. That's that was good. always a good one. A couple of the guys man. I tailgated with, with were, were Polish. That I do miss that. That sounds good. I love a nice sourkraut with the kibasa. Have you ever had kapusta? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, when, that, when that's made right, it's it doesn't even taste like yeah, sourkraut. You go to the Polish festival, I love getting that. Yeah, you're quite a festival guy, I've discovered. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you go to all these festivals These food now. festivals are fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> what about the fire festival, Roberto? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go to that. Next. Yeah, that we, we rounded out that list. We, I think we got through basically all of them. Yeah. Because even I, the listen, other list I'm looking at, you got some very similar stuff on there. It's a shame because I know most of the people who listen to the pod, they're not going to do the things I'm talking about. Well, it's ridiculous. No. They were just informed on exactly what needs to no, be we'll done. No, we'll get people asking for the recipes to be posted and stuff, I'm sure. I'll tell you the other one you crazy. can do. Like when I went to Ole Miss and, and we did the tailgate, what's cool with Ole Miss and the Grove, they don't allow charcoal. So you have to cater your tailgate. It's kind of a, an ecosystem they keep alive that the local businesses all have tailgate packages. Yeah. And you buy them, and it helps the local economy out. And guess what? You don't miss the fact you're not cooking. One of the best things you can do, and again, you need people to play ball, or you go broke doing it, you just do Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we did Chick-fil-A down at Ole Miss, and it was— Through a tailgate company? No, through Chick-fil-A. So Chick you just— you said you hire the company to set up the spot? And then well, at Ole Miss, they do, because if you're not local, you got to get your spot, and that's Thursday afternoon where they put garbage cans to mark off each kind of 12 gotcha. by 12 square. Yeah, you hire a tailgate company, which in turn hires a student to go get your spot. Oh, okay. And then your spot is there, um, and you go. And no, I mean, Mike, it's cool. wild. But, like, do Chick-fil-A, they do a legitimate job. I mean, it's it ain't cheap, but if people play ball with you and you don't feel like cooking, oh, yeah. The, yeah, co the cookie can't, platter can't is underrated at Chick-fil-A. You ever have a cookie platter? I have. I don't think I've ever even had Chick-fil-A. Wait. I don't. I, really? I can't remember. Come again? I mean, I, I, I'm trying Wait. to think. I, How have you not indulged in Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, around here, there's only a couple places to get it, right? So Chick-fil-A's great. Wow. Wow, um, I do a pod I can't think a of a time I ever had one. <laughs> Of all the reasons. I, listen, it's so high. I mean, is it really? Yeah. I mean, come on. No, it's 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 really amazing. Okay. Especially when you're, oh, all right, you want to be a doubter? <laughs> I'll tell you this. Their sauces are second what? to none. Well, yeah, I've had it at your at some of your functions, I guess. It's been there, right? Well, why did you just say you never had it? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I guess I did have it. You just never left no, a mark. I never left, went to the... Never left a mark with you if you've had it, I guess. That's right. embarrassing. You're embarrassing. No, come on. All right. Well, listen, no matter what you do, tailgating or hosting a party at home, it's just, it is about fun. 
I just think people need to put more care into it. Stop being deadbeats. Treat your friends better. Cook a meal. <laughs> Can you imagine Sully invites us to a game? We come over there and he's got a fucking deli tray out. I'd smash him in the head. <laughs> I'd have plenty of uh, of alcohol for you though. I'll oh tell you wow, that. thanks. I don't know. I just I, I feel like people are losing what tailgating's about. They are. And if you're not willing to do the work, it's like Andrew Luck. I lost my love of it. I removed myself from the situation. I retired. It just is what it is. And he was a hero for that. Oh, bullshit. Don't, don't, don't get <laughs> oh. me started with that. Well, Big Power's at it again, leaving people in the dark. How many of you are messing around with candles like Ben Franklin in that power outage? It's a nightmare. Don't do it anymore. Go solar. Power Home Solar makes it easy to switch to solar by hooking you up with battery storage for your installation. No more searching for a flashlight when Big Power leaves you in the dark. Own your power. Don't rent it. Power Home's the number one residential solar provider in Michigan, one of the top solar installation companies in the nation. Power Home installs American-made panels, 30-year warranty, so you can own your power, not just rent it from the power company. Hey, they're a partner of the Lions. They've installed solar panels at Ford Field and Allen Park. They're building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy. You want to see if solar's right for your home? Go to PowerHome.com. That's PowerHome.com or give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it. With help from Power Home Solar. All right, so I promised the fantasy mailbag. And again, if you haven't listened to our fantasy preview, do it. This is for stuff that wasn't covered. Sully, there's no pen. There's no notes. Let's, oh. let's roll. I'm going to try to answer as many of these as possible in the allotted time. Tell me what we're working with. Let's do this. Yeah, so many questions here uh, from the At Valenti Podcast handles on social media. Started with some simple ones. We had a ton of them. From Donovan, can Pat Mahomes repeat his number one season and approach anywhere near the same level of production? Well, define near. He could see a 20% reduction in yards and touchdowns and still be the number one quarterback. If you're drafting, it depends on, is drafting Pat Mahomes at that spot that he's going worth it to just have the number one QB by 10 points, or do you need him to repeat that season to justify the ADP? I personally am not going to A, I think if you're drafting and not auctioning, you're crazy, but even in the auction format, I think he's going to cost too much money. I think he could easily throw 40 touchdowns. He'll absolutely cross 4,000 yards, 4,500 yards. But I don't know if that's going to put him that much ahead of, say, Aaron Rodgers. So you do what you want there. I'm not going to own any of Patrick Mahomes. From David, will Baker Mayfield have an MVP-type season, or will the Browns be a bust? No, I don't think it's MVP, but I think if Baker throws for 4,000 yards and 30-some-odd touchdowns, you're a top-five quarterback, and that's what you're paying for. From Praj, it looks like, what's the outlook on the Colts players like Hilton and Mack after the Luck retirement? I would put all of them on the undraftable list. I think it's too volatile. It's too worrisome. You take Andrew Luck out of that offense. I can't trust Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Marlon Mack, if you're in a PPR league, has reduced value anyways. T.Y. Hilton is not a high-volume guy. Uh, I don't like Eric Ebron. Jack Doyle can't stay healthy. I'm just I'm avoiding all Colts. That's my personal opinion. Most likely breakout candidate. This is from Sean. Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, or Big TJ Hawkinson? No, I, I, I think highest upside is probably Miles Sanders if he can ever wrestle the the carries away. It's such a crowded backfield. I think the guy who's got the better role carved out will be Montgomery. It's clear the Bears love him, but he's got a limited upside because physically he's limited. I think Miles Sanders is a swing for defenses deal where by week five or six, if he could take that job, Miles Sanders could be a star because physically he is just incredibly gifted, superior to Montgomery. From TJ, what wide receivers 
would you draft in the first round of a 12-team PPR league? What's your worthy of first-round picks? I mean, Hopkins, Julio, Adams. Those would be the only three. I'm not putting Odell there. And off the top of my head, it'd be those three. Will Kareem Hunt continue to be one of the best fantasy running backs after he comes back from suspension? No, because Nick Chubb is there. I think if you're getting Kareem Hunt, it's as insurance if you're a Nick Chubb owner. This one from Andrew. What are the odds Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon don't play at all this year? Also, just saw the cash to tickets on Apple Podcasts finally. No, oh, yeah, well, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, I mean, look, they both have to report. I mean, if Zeke wants to sit out, that's fine, but he won't accrue a year of free agency. And second of all, uh, for Melvin Gordon, it's the same deal. I, I, I just think they both will play, but when you're getting in the situation of possible regular season games being missed and your regular season in your fantasy league is probably only 12 weeks long, I'm crossing both guys off my list. All right, this is from JR. Very detailed question here. I'm in a PPR and points per completion league. Oh, Jesus. I'm being offered Mahomes for Baker and D.D. Westbrook. Do you make that trade? He said Curtis Samuel would replace D.D. as my third wide receiver. So he's giving up Baker and D.D. to get Mahomes? Yep, I'm being offered Mahomes for Baker and D.D. Westbrook. Obviously, without seeing the whole team, what do you think of the trade itself? I know, and he's got Curtis Samuel to replace. The pair of Mahomes and Samuel is better than the pair of Baker and Didi. Yes, do it. Nice. Uh, From Jake. From State Farm. Yeah, Jake from State Farm. Mike, am I crazy for believing that Chris Carson will finish the season as a top five fantasy running back? No, the guy had 1,300 yards last year. I think he's clearly beaten out Rashad Penny. It's clear Seattle wants to run the ball. For Chris Carson, it's just about can he stay healthy because he runs with such anger. He runs so physical. Uh, it's very hard to keep him in one piece, but I love Chris Carson. From Matt, do you have any guys you can recommend to target for an under-the-radar wide receiver two or three this season? Under-the-radar wide receiver two. All right. I will ask this of you, Sully, because I, I don't know that people view him as a wide receiver, too. I think they view him as a flex or a wide-out three. What about Julian Edelman? Sure. Is that considered You know he's going to get the targets. It's not under the radar as a name. I think it's under the radar as far as what people understand his value to be. Yep. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, I'll give you another one. What about the one we just mentioned, Curtis Samuel for the Panthers? You really think DJ Moore is going to be the number one? Yeah, I, don't, I, I think they'll both cannibalize each other, plus McCaffrey's going to catch 90 balls plus the presence of Greg Olson. I, I, I can't say for a wide receiver, too. I think a guy who could rise to be a wide receiver, too, might be Sterling Shepard with the Giants. Somebody has to catch passes. I don't believe in Golden Tate, plus he's missing the first four weeks. Sterling Shepard's a wide-out three who could rise to be a two. Um, you know what would be an interesting two would be uh, Valdez Scantling with yeah. Green Bay. Yeah. I, I think Green Bay could support... Uh, two big-time fantasy-relevant receivers. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Mike. Well, let me, you know, let me, let you me know, off you this I, time. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a sneaky wideout, too. A guy who he's on a team I hate. He's on an offense that isn't great. But the number one guy is probably going to miss some time. I think Tyler Boyd is a really sure. interesting wideout, two upside guy. Yeah, AJ's a name, too, at this point. Sure, I mean, he's but not he's also still hurt. Can, yeah. Uh, this actually is perfect to flow into the next question from Grant. Is Dante Pettis a wide receiver three slash flex worthy player? 
I am very concerned with Pettis because the other night he didn't exclusively run with the ones. They're using a ton of receivers out there. The presence of Debo Samuel. I'm staying away from Dante Pettis. Le'Veon Bell at four overall. Is that no, a re- is that a reach or a good pick? I think you're out of your mind. <laughs> I think he's out of his mind. This isn't going to be Pittsburgh with his workload. It's not going to be Pittsburgh with the offensive line. He's been away from the game for a year. I don't even have Le'Veon as a first-round pick. 12-team league, I'm not taking Le'Veon Bell. If top four running backs are off the board, how comfortable are you with David Johnson? Do you trust him enough to pass up other first-round talent at wide receiver? No, I mean, look, I, I, I'm I'm sitting and waiting. I'm excited for Cliff Kingsbury. I'm excited for Kyler Murray. I want to watch it. But if you're talking about number five overall taking David Johnson, if I'm in a PPR league, I'm still taking Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins. I, I can't. David Johnson had an unbelievable workload last year and was limited because that O-line is terrible and the offense is terrible. And I think he was the 10th or 11th running back. I can't go there when if I take Hop or I take Adams, or I take Julio. Mike, you might end up with the number one player overall Mm -hmm. in a PPR league. This next question to see if Roberto's awake over there. Should I take Boat Guy first overall? Yeah, (laughs) It actually has the most likes out of all the comments (laughs) on the post. Definitely. i got to check in with him. So this this next one here is interesting, and I responded to it. It says, what do you think of the zero running back strategy? And I said, what exactly do you mean by that? He said, going no running back till after the fourth round of the draft. Load up on wide receiver and maybe a top tight end in the third if available. If it's a PPR league, yes. If it's not, you're insane. Yep. But yes, I think, I, and again, I think you can do zero RB and then put Duke Johnson and James White as your two running backs, drafting them in the fifth and sixth rounds. Yeah, you can, it's dicey, but you can pull it off. There's no question about it. From Freddie, is Rashad Penny a sleeper play? No, I, I think Chris Carson took the job. I'm not interested in Rashad Penny. Okay. From Noah, highest draft position you'd take O.J. Howard in a PPR league. Why are people still drafting? Go to auction, people. Come on. (laughs) God, drafts are so dumb. You don't get a chance at everybody. Look, if you can't get a top three tight end, I'm not going to pay what it takes to get O.J. Howard. Let me put it to you like that. So, no, if you're asking me if O.J. Howard's going in the fifth round, would I rather take a player at wide receiver in the fifth round? Yes, I would. Would I rather take maybe an elite quarterback? Yes, I would. I'm not taking O.J. Howard. Well, and a lot of these questions are geared towards rounds. Which, they got to stop. Which, they got to get in auctions. But you still get the point of the question, I guess. Like this one from uh, Jason. Where would you draft Kareem Hunt, if at all? I wouldn't. Wouldn't even roster him. If you're in a dynasty league, roster him. But you know why you're rostering him, and it ain't for this year. Well, I almost want to get expanded thoughts on that. What do you mean? No, I'm saying just because I think what's, a lot of, a lot of the, people want to take, oh, I'm going to take Kareem Hunt late in the, uh, yeah, late but in the game. You're, you're playing that, he, that what? After week 10, he's going to be in a timeshare with Nick Chubb and somehow that's going to be enough to make a major impact on your team? No. Now, if Nick Chubb happens to die in week 8 and now Kareem Hunt becomes the full-time back, well, sure, but yeah. I'm still not rostering that guy. I'm not interested. Now, if I have Nick Chubb, go get Kareem Hunt. If I'm in a dynasty league, Go get him, stash yep. him for next year. Right. But in a redraft league, why the hell am I taking Kareem Hunt now? That's a guy that can't help you until what? The first week of your fantasy playoffs at best? Mm-hmm. No thanks, man. I'd rather swing for the fences with somebody who's got a shot now. All right, from King Green 93 Hey, guys, I had my draft yesterday. I took Le'Veon at number 7, but I was going to go Devontae Adams. Did I make a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kim. You Seven. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I, hell, you want to argue it. I mean, I, I just, to me, Devontae Adams could be the number one player at his position. 
And Le'Veon Bell has no shot of being the number one running back. None. Well, perfect flow into this next one from Derek. Mike, I'm going to give you three names. Who do you like best out of these? Devontae Adams, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner. Adams, Conner, Bell. Yep. From Jason. Do you think Gordon is a fantasy starter this year? Also, do you think Kyler is getting too much hype? Josh Gordon? Uh, Melvin Gordon, I assume. No, absolutely not. I'm not interested in guys who aren't showing up to work. Kyler Murray, to me, could be a top 10 quarterback. Upside. Remember, rushing stats break QB scoring. That's why Lamar Jackson could be such a huge play this year. Yeah, I I take a risk on Kyler, but not as my only QB. Now, if you compare Kyler with Phillip Rivers, yes. Um, But if you're going in and going, I'm starting, no, 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 no. That's a huge mistake. I think Kyler's a massive upside play. Roberto's absolutely face down. Yeah, you good over there, Roberto? I'm just saying if you want to do one or two more. Oh, cool. Oh, will you please? I got, but come on. This is a (laughs) fantasy mailbag. Let's go. When do you suggest getting a quarterback? Mahomes early or someone like Wentz in the seventh or eighth round? I think there's 18 quarterbacks that are startable in fantasy. Wait, next. 12-team league, number one pick. Saquon or Christian McCaffrey? No, Saquon. Period. Next. 12-teamer, number seven pick. Do you go Adams slash Hopkins or Bell slash Johnson? Option A. Next. (laughs) I'd like to get Mike's opinion on a drafting strategy. This is from Brian. What position to take in which rounds or even a top 12 or 24 rankings for NFL players? Here's my strategy. Stop drafting, grow up, be a man, do an auction. Next. (laughs) (laughs) 10-team half-point PPR keeper league. Deep sleeper rookies to keep an eye out for. Do you have any rookies off the top of your head? Deep sleeper rookies. Yeah. Uh, McCole Hardman. Um, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Um, Keyshawn. Yeah, of the Cardinals. Oh, gotcha. Um, I carry on. No, I was about to, but then I tried to correct myself, and then you butchered me. Um, I apologize. I know. Well, you're a smarmy little prick. Uh, no, it, I'm trying to think deep sleepers. Well, it's t- I know. It's, it's tough to put you on the you spot know, like I that. You know, I think Justice Hill, but is that really a deep sleeper? Is There's Devin a- Singletary a deep sleeper? We've talked about Daryl Henderson. I don't believe Gurley is right. I don't believe that the Rams just blew a draft pick. And even though Malcolm Brown's the primary backup, if Daryl Henderson is their passing down back, I think there's value there. Those would be where I would start. And, and oh, by the way, Jacoby Myers of the Pats. An undrafted slot machine rookie yep. who has an amazing camp. Worth a late-round selection. Especially in that system. Uh, a few more here from Ryan. Overall thoughts on Chris Godwin? I think he's way overhyped. From Matthew, I think I know how you answer this one. Auction or standard draft? Auction. <laughs> Real men auction. <laughs> Uh, Glenn. Only little babies draft. Oh, How early should you take a defense? Never. Last round. And uh, let's end with this one. No, we're not ending anything. Keep going. (laughs) Who is the most and least ideal position to be picking from in a 12-14 to team draft? I like picking near the middle. Oh, oh, because you're a little baby who does a a regular draft. Do an auction. I think you want to be in the top four or the bottom two. That would be my my thing. I wouldn't want to get hung up in the middle. I want the elite guys, or I want that quick turn. Can we name this episode, Do an Auction? Do an Auction. <laughs> Next. $200 auction. Next. Correct. All right, going to Twitter here now. We just got through a ton of Instagram Next. Ones. More. Do you believe in handcuffing wide receivers, like drafting nope. both Robert Woods or Brandon Cook's Cooper Cup? No, totally ridiculous. I do the opposite. I don't like having duplicates on any one team. Next. From Jason, do you think Josh Gordon can be a starter this year? Yes, wide receiver two upside. Evan Ingram or O.J. Howard? Evan Ingram. Next. 
You can't even keep up with me. I'm, I'm, draft- I'm, I'm, I'm a goddamn machine. Well, I'm drafting the ninth spot out of ten. Do I just load up on wide receivers in the first three rounds and take low-tier running backs later? Do an auction and get the players you really want. Well, we still have to cater to that. I understand. Draft. At that position, <laughs> at that position, I would take the wide receiver and then wait on the running backs. And if it's PPR, I have no problem with the zero RB system. Just yeah. make sure you get your hands on passing down guys like James White. Next. What's a good round to draft a tight end like Travis Kelsey? Oh my god, this fucking round. Well, that's questions. what I'm, almost I can't all of them take are. Take anymore. Do an auction. I don't want the elite tight ends. Well, how much would you pay for them? No, no, I don't want the elite tight ends because I just feel like you can get a guy later. You want the guys at the more proven spots. I mean, hey, you want Kelsey, you got yourself a stud, but then you got to look at what did I give up? What running backs do I have on my team? Am I going zero RB and I'm going to absolutely air raid my league to death? Mike, if you take the tight end, you are making your job more difficult. And if you're willing to focus more and you're willing to actually pay attention more, fine. But it could blow up in your face. Mike, why are you so low on DJ Moore? I'm not low on him. I just think he has limited upside. How many mouths do you have to feed there? You got Greg Olson. You got Curtis Samuel. You got Christian McCaffrey. It's not a situation where he's a number one wideout. I just think he has a ceiling. I think DJ Moore could be a really nice flex player or wideout three. I'm not comfortable if DJ Moore is my wideout two. Can Josh Jacobs be an RB1? Yeah, possibly, but I'm never comfortable saying that about a rookie that's not generational like Saquon. I'm not as high on Jacobs as other people are. How about Damian Williams for RB1? Uh, yes, and this this past weekend helped with a 62-yard run. Um, yeah, I'm back on the Damian Williams train. I think the other thing you got to do, though, is you got to get Darwin Thompson later in your drift. From Brooks, is David Njoku a viable flex option in the Browns' offense? No. I'm in a two-wide receiver, two-flex league, and I'm no. starting with Michael Thomas, Edelman, and Diggs. No, I'll pass. Value out. Uh, got more about Andrew Luck. Uh, some people thanking us for the tips last podcast. What are your thoughts on James Washington as a late round gem? Last round, sure, but yeah, I, I don't really care at this point. Any thoughts on stacking up on a specific high power offense, no. trying to target quarterback, wide receiver, running back combos? It plays no role in my auction strategy. I don't care, and in fact, I like to avoid stacking. Well, here's a perf. Here's a question centered around auction. Twelve team auction PPR. $200 budget. How much should I spend on Kareem Hunt? Zero. Next. Would I be an idiot to go wide receiver slash wide receiver or wide receiver and tight end with my first two picks? I have the 10th pick and a 10-man. No. I mean, if you come away with, let's say, Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey, I mean, that's your business. But now you know you're committed to taking high upside receiving backs later in the draft. We're good. That's it? Got through a ton of them. Now listen, I told you I was ready to rock and roll. All right, that's the deal. Thanks for listening as always. Subscribe. You've got two two things I need you to do now. Subscribe to Always Aggravated. Subscribe to Cash the Ticket. Rate it. Review it. Tell your mother she'll love it. And then uh, we'll talk to you next week as football season is upon us.